You're listening to The Plug with Neil Griffith. Okay, Tom Morello. So, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. It's uh, nice speaking with you. How, how are you doing right now? Doing all right. You know, it's been a crazy year and a half uh, with a, a real roller coaster ride of, of ups and downs. But one of those ups is that uh, what began is kind of like a real musical drought for me. You know, starting in March of 2020 when the world shut down and no shows and no recording became like one of the most prolific uh, recording periods of my life. And uh, you know, real a real like kind of lifeline during a time of fear and anxiety and depression was making music uh, alone while I was alone making music, but with a global community of collaborators that helped uh, really helped during a pretty stressful time. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll do my best to not make things about COVID. How have the last twelve months been? You know, it, obviously the COVID's happened, uh, yeah. the transition, Trump coming out, Biden coming in. How has the U.S. been? I mean, it's, it's hard to ask that question without bringing COVID into it, but how, sure, how have sure. things been? Yeah, I mean, it's, it really feels like a, a kind of like a, a historical tipping point, like where things are very different now than they were, than they, than they were before in both a political sense and in a plague sense. Uh, you know, we've never been kind of more at odds in the United States with, you know, stuff that is now on the table, like, is science real? That didn't used to be a question. And the, the, the kind of the, the polarization that has happened you know, sort of in the working class circles too, which is a, which is, uh, uh, you know, anyway, the, the, what, how I've looked at it and, and one of the things that's been frustrating for me is I'm always personally, physically on the front lines of the conflicts of the day. And I have been in locked, I've got, you know, my 97 year old mom and my 90 year old mother-in-law sort of have been here. So like, it's been like total lockdown here pretty much trying to keep the grandmas alive and the kids from going crazy. And so trying to find a way to sort of engage in the issues of the day, stay sane myself and continue to identify as a musician and as a guitar player and as someone who makes connections with music, uh, that's been, there've been challenges. How much has it pissed you off being a man with a, a political science degree? And because of COVID now everyone knows everything about science and medicine. We've got yes. to cover. <laughs> yes, they, they, they apparently do. They <laughs> apparently do. And uh, you know, like we sort we sort of joke about, it's like, it's like, you know, Thank goodness that the people who build suspension bridges believe in science. You know what I mean? Like, like thank goodness that the people who do the space shuttle believe in science. You know, yeah. like, uh, you know but, but there's a lot of people that I'm sure would like to try their hand at that without having any fucking clue what they're, what they're, <laughs> what they're talking about. One thing you don't need to believe in science to do though is play guitar. And that's always been, you know, that's always been a landscape that feels good to like, you just sort of make up whatever you think about. And that's, that can be the way yeah. I've sort of let go of a lot of science in my playing of guitar too, and embrace sort of some pre-enlightenment ideas uh, when it comes to six strings. Yeah, it's great. I think you were here in Australia, sorry, with Prophets of Rage in 2018. And I remember yep. you, I did the podcast with you then as well. And you you brought up the Atlas Underground album and you were like, I'm going to be working with Knife Party and Steve Aoki. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah. Obviously yeah. that worked a treat. When did you know that you wanted to do this sort of album again, collaborating right. with so many different names? Right. Well, I just, this, this record began as like a lifeline and as an antidepressant. And it wasn't like, I'm going, here I go. It's Tuesday. I've started to make a record. It's just like, 
can I stay sane? And one of the ways I know I can do that is by connecting with you know who I've been since I was 17 years old, and that's a guitar player. But I had a, a unique challenge in that while I have a nice studio here at my house, I don't know how to work it. There's normally an engineer who does all the knob twisting and microphone setting up. Uh, and so there was no engineer coming for you know the foreseeable future. And inspiration came from a very unlikely place. I read an interview with Kanye West, where he said that he had recorded the vocals through, for a couple of his albums onto the voice memo of his iPhone. So I just started recording guitars into the voice memo of my iPhone and it sounded fantastic. So I started sending these licks and riffs to different producers and engineers around the globe and all of a sudden started getting tracks and songs and ideas and and my daily routine was not just one day like the next, you know, fixing broken windows, teaching kids on Zoom and, you know, doing the dishes. I would have this kind of window every day where I'm writing a song with Bruce Springsteen in New Jersey, or I'm writing a song with um, Refused in Sweden or Sama Abdul Hadi in Palestine or Bring Me the Horizon in Brazil. And this global rock and roll pen pal community really saved my ass during that time, you know? Um, and it didn't start as a record. It was just like, let's do something to like to feel alive. But once I began amassing this collection, you know, of really great, you know, Bruce Springsteen, Eddie Vedder and I did uh, ACDC's Highway to Hell, Bring Me the Horizon, Fanagram, Chris Stapleton, grandson, Mike Posner recorded his vocals during his summiting of Mount Everest. <laughs> For real, check his Instagram. 25,000 feet in Nepal, ask him about it. He did, uh, you know, um, Damien Marley was in Jamaica. Um, you know, Sama Abdulhadi was in Palestine. So, so every day I would come up here again, cloistered isolation, but forging this global pen pal community of um, friends, new and old. Yeah, I mean, like the the first album had people like Aoki, Big Boy, Bass Nectar, mm -hmm. RZA. This yeah. album you've mentioned, Springsteen, Veda, Bring Me the Horizon. Is this yeah. kind of your artist bucket wish list, or are these just artists you're listening to right now? A, a bit of both, and a, some of it was like you know, good friends from from the past. You know, Bruce and Eddie and um, Fantagram. We worked together before, and I played some shows with Damian Marley, but some of it was like injecting some of like a roulette wheel of the unknown into every day. I would come up here with no preconceived notion of what that day was going to lead to musically. Pick a guitar at random, play some riffs into my phone and, and honestly just sit there and go like, who might I like to make a song with today? And some days it might be someone I was familiar with. Other days, I would literally just kind of go through Spotify or call a friend up and say, what's the, a friend who has cooler musical taste than myself and go like, What's the last song you listened to that you loved? And then check out that artist. That's how I discovered Femme. That's how I discovered Prototype. Pro Protohype. And, and then just hit cold call. Hey, this is Tom Morello. Maybe you've heard of me. Maybe you weren't born when my records came out. But I, I got some hot ass riffs, which I like to send you. Want to do a song together? And so it was that the unexpectedness really provided sort of a lifeline of, of creativity during a time where the days felt pretty much the same. Yeah, I noticed well in the, the last single, obviously, is one with Bringing the Horizon, you yeah. called them the current standard bearer of, of hard rock and metal, which I wouldn't disagree with at all. But yeah. as always, there is a, an ongoing conversation about rock music. What is rock? What isn't rock? Bringing the Horizon, obviously, have, have, have ventured a little bit into EDM. Um, yeah. there's, a, there's a current beef, I'm not sure if you're aware, between Corey Taylor and Machine Gun Kelly. Um, and <laughs> I, I, 
I haven't kept up with that. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, well, like being a fan of your podcast and, and discussions of rock and, and what rock is or isn't, what is your take on that? Especially with a band like Bring Me the Horizon. Sure. Yeah. I, well, I, have, I have two things. I have very strong opinions on this topic. And one is that the, the electric guitar is the greatest instrument ever invented by humankind. It's, there is no instrument that, that has sort of the, the nuance and the subtlety and the beauty on the one hand and the stadium destroying power on the other hand, you know, all in, all in six strings. Um, but I also firmly believe that the electric guitar is an instrument that doesn't just have a past. It has a future. And in order for it to have it, part of the, the mission of these Atlas Underground records is to forge that future, you know, and guitar players tend to be traditionalists and God bless us as a, you know, we like, we love Eddie Van, we love, we love Eddie Van Halen and Randy Rhodes and Steve and great because they're fantastic. We love them for good reason. Um, and ACDC. But what does the guitar, like, I, I want to sort of boldly go where no guitarist has gone before. And so I love, you know, doing a song with, a, you know, a Palestinian DJ or with a sort of a creepy electro group like Fantagram to see where it takes the electric guitar, where it takes me. I also love a Bring Me the Horizon crushing your face jam, like let's get the party started or covering an ACDC classic with two of the greatest rock and roll singers of all time to sort of assert rock and roll dominance, you know, in that way too. But I'm very just open to what the guitar can be, not just what it has been. Yeah. Do you think this album would have eventuated if COVID didn't happen and, you know, the, the tour plans with Rage Against the Machine eventuated? No, no chance. There's wow. no chance. This is a record that is absolutely born of this time, you know, and it's it's completely sort of made from the from the it like it rose it's a the phoenix that rose from the ashes of like sort of the frustration and the anxiety of this time and just hanging on to these friends and artists for like like solace for a day or a way as a way like sort of brutal marshall stack therapy yeah how how quickly did that happen i mean obviously the rage reunion was speculated for a, a bunch of months it's yeah. it's all coming. It's very exciting. Then you then COVID happens. It stops. How quickly do you pivot to shit? This is not happening. I've got to do yeah. something else. We were we were excuse me. We were like fifteen days away from the first show. Mm. You know when the world shut down, and it was not a quick pivot. Like it was there were four months where I didn't touch a guitar. Like I was wow. just trying to keep everybody okay. I had never felt that way about like I had no interest in playing music, writing music, recording music, doing anything with music. Um, and it was really like weird and I'm still sort of sorting through that. But, but uh, you know, it, when I was able to start recording stuff into my phone and then hearing stuff, like the first couple of things I sent to, I think uh, we're to bloody beat roots, the great Italian kind of punk EDM producer. And he, you know, 15 minutes later sent me back like a, like a, a video of him working on it. And it just sounded fucking fantastic. I'm like, okay, there is, you know, the stars still do shine above the cloud cover, you know, and there is a way to rock now. And it's, and maybe it may not be okay, but we're going to fight back with some of this with, uh, by still playing some kick-ass jams. Do you think there is anything that you've done the last 12 months, as far as how you've communicated and recorded with other, other artists that you'll continue to do once this is oh, all absolutely. over? Absolutely. I mean, first of all, there's no, there's now no barrier to where and when you can record. You know, some of this was recorded on my phone in my studio. Some of it was recorded, like I did vocals to one song walking around my house. You know, like my my son, my nine-year-old son had a, has a 20-watt amp in his room. I recorded the guitar solo for one of the songs, like late at night, just into that amp. Um, it, it, it just sort of 
opens a window to the possibility of recording anything anytime and in a really in a way that feels like very democratic like you don't need a you don't need a studio in your home or a two thousand dollar a day studio somewhere in hollywood in order to make music that is as you know as compelling as as anything that's been recorded so what does happen now with this album? And obviously this is something that I'm sure you'd love to play live. I imagine it's going to be very difficult to get all of those names to come on tour with you. Um, you know, you've got the Rage tour planned for 2022. What does the next 12 to 24 months look like? Yeah, to you? I mean, I'm all, all I'm, I don't have any plans to, to play the, these songs live. All I'm looking forward to is rocking with Rage Against the Machine, keeping my fingers crossed that it's safe to tour in 2022. And um you know, that's something that I've, that I've been waiting to do for a long time. We've been waiting to do for a long time. And I can't wait to, you know, to feel that particular band chemistry and, you know, in all of its power. Festivals seem to be back there in the U.S. to an extent, though, they, aren't they? They are. They, I mean, they did Lollapalooza. Some of the mm. festivals have been up. A lot of bands have been on tour. Sometimes the tours go down because of COVID and come back up. because, like, um, So it sort of remains to be seen. And, you know, the hope is that, that by 2022, it would shake out and there'd be sort of a new norm, at least, to sort of figure it out. And I'm, I'm hopeful that's the case. Would it be fair to say that once that Rage Tour starts, that is your primary focus? Because, you know, oh, selfishly absolutely. speaking, this yeah, album ab- is fucking awesome. You want, I want another one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I love, I was able to tour on the first Atlas Underground record, which had 20 collaborators on it. Um, I uh, worked with uh, Sean Evans, who, uh, he was the artistic director for the Roger Waters tours. He did the wall and the us and them tour. And we, we didn't have that budget, but we, we were able to sort of create um, a live experience. that was very compelling. It was sort of one part illegal rave, one part kind of Barbara Kruger art show, and then one part heavy metal mosh pit. And so there is a way to do this in a way that's very compelling, but I, I just can't wait to play Rage Against the Machine songs with Rage Against the Machine bandmates in front of a Rage Against the Machine audience. And the very cliche last question, when are you coming to Australia? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, aren't you guys currently in lockdown? I mean, yes. Like, yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> I've had some of my favorite musical moments, including rocking Highway to Hell with Bruce Springsteen and Eddie Vedder in a Melbourne you know, football stadium, uh, which was, of course, the genesis of that song. But um, uh, as soon as possible would be the honest answer. I can't wait to get back there and create more of those moments. So there is hope for Rage to come to Australia once it's legal. I don't know. I, I, I would love to play every Hamlet on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, thank you so much, man. Congratulations on the album. And we can't wait to see you soon. Okay. Thanks, man. Cheers. Tom Morello's new album, The Atlas Underground Fire, is out everywhere on October 15th. The Plug Podcast is proudly sponsored by Audio Technica. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show on your preferred podcast platform and follow us on Instagram, at The Plug with Neil Griffiths, to stay up to date with episode releases and giveaways. Music